Time now for Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Now, here's your host, Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. In for the vacationing Jim Smalley, I'm Mitchell Blair. Jim will be back on Tuesday. Earlier this week, the federal government tabled grain transportation legislation that addresses several concerns raised by grain shippers and farm organizations. Many producers may not be aware of the Crop Logistics Working Group, but it played a key role in lobbying the government for changes following the massive grain transportation backlog during the winter of 2013-14. Saskatoon reporter Neil Billinger spoke with Kevin Hirsch, the executive director of the Inland Terminal Association of Canada, one of the members of that crop logistics working group. It's a broad-based organization that was set up to advise on green transportation and is a real broad cross-section of green handlers and producer groups that really came to a consensus among uh, themselves on what should be required in green transportation legislation and to have everybody on the same page and to do some research and to smooth out differences, uh, small differences that may have existed between the groups and then approach government with a unified position saying this is our carefully considered thought for what needs to be done for green transportation. And it's been a tremendous success because most of the things that have been asked for by the Crop Logistics Working Group and individual organizations in their own right in the, in the grain sector are seeming to come to pass in the, in the legislation that's being proposed. What kind of assessment uh, has been made after the lawyers and some of the consultants uh, that, that work for the various groups have taken a close look at this legislation? Anything that uh, has sort of popped out of there that uh, we should know going forward? Well, the minister, uh, Mark Garneau, and the agriculture minister, Lawrence McCauley, had promised way back when in April that these main provisions, such as reciprocal penalties and a definition of adequate and suitable, would be there. There was no clear definition of what they were going to do on the the revenue grain entitlement, or the grain entitlement, the revenue cap, as many people call it. So there was a little nervousness around that, but the government seems to have gotten that right uh, make some adjustments so that individual railway investments can be uh, accommodated but still keep a revenue cap in place. The one thing that uh, I think was a little bit of a surprise and nobody quite seems to know just how it's meant to work is a a greatly expanded inter-switching distance. And the grain industry has long argued that uh, the inter-switching, even if it isn't used extensively, does provide an element of competition in the rail handling industry. And glad to see that continue. What's a little unclear to me, at least, is I don't think this legislation is going to be passed until into the fall. I would, I just don't think there's time to get it passed before the the House adjourns for the summer. I'm wondering what is going to take the the place of it uh, with the existing legislation on things like inter-switching due to expire on the 1st of August. Let's say the bill is passed sometime in the fall. How important is it to have the the continuation of some form of inter-switching? Well, I don't think you want to leave something like that lapse and then pick it up again later. I think it's it's best to have it uh, in place. You know, the existing bill that was extended does also uh, provide for minimum volumes and, and those types of things. I think that in the current environment and the, the way things are going right now probably isn't critical until the legislation is passed in the fall. But, you know, inter-switching, you hate to see it on and then off and then on again in a different form. So I, I think it would be best to, to continue that, and maybe that can be done with a, an agreement with the railways that 
Uh, you know, even though this is lapsing, legislation is coming, leave things in place. But I, I'm not sure of that at this point. And the one thing that will continue as well is the monitoring of the grain transportation system by an independent party. That's going to continue as well in the future. Yes, and, and again, I'm not entirely certain because the industry had picked up some of the gaps in the, in the existing grain monitoring program through the Ag Transport Coalition. That was funded in part by government dollars, but a large part of it by industry dollars. And, and the provincial government had money in that as well. It provides a snapshot of how many rail cars are being provided versus the demand for rail cars. I think it's a, a really useful service that was really separate and aside from what the Green Monitor was providing. So that's something that I'm not fully certain of as to what form they, the green monitoring will take. Will it encompass both of those functions or will there still be gaps? And that's something that uh, isn't clear to me and I think may as yet to be. De- Kevin Hirsch is the executive director of the Inland Terminal Association of Canada, one of the members of the Crop Logistics Working Group. Work is well underway planning for the third annual Ag in Motion. It will run July 18th, 19th and 20th at a location near Langham, about 20 minutes northwest of Saskatoon, on Highway 16. Rob O'Connor is the Ag in Motion show manager. He spoke with Saskatoon reporter Neil, o- Neil Billinger. O'Connor's promising more things to do and see this summer. Uh, in our third year, you'll see probably 25% more companies at the show. Our demonstrations program has increased on the equipment side, probably close to 50%. And on the crop production side, it has doubled. So, for instance, as an example, last year we had about 50 acres of crop plots. Those are small crop plots that are, that are located on booths uh, that different companies have, but also the strip trials that we introduced with the Canola 100 program last year. Those types of uh, demonstrations have doubled in size from 50 acres to 100. Some other things that uh, you'll see that's really going to be quite interesting, I think, is um, we're introducing for the first time in Western Canada an actual combine demonstration where uh, several of the manufacturers and dealers of that type of equipment will be demonstrating a combine uh, that's going to be harvesting some fall rye that we planted last fall. Will most of the exhibitors be back? Uh, You have a pretty high return rate. Yeah, and we do. Um, That's the one great thing. The companies that have participated at Ag in Motion uh, have been very supportive of the project and uh, really dedicated their time and and their participation towards it. Basically, I'm going to guess close to 100% of those companies are coming back and new companies are joining the group. Attendance, it has been growing too. Uh, A lot of people drive themselves to the event, but you also have a lot of bus tours. Tell us about that. A lot of the crop protection companies have really uh, invested heavily in crop plot side of the show, and they are bringing bus loads of farmers from all over uh, Western Canada. They're staying here for one or two nights, um, and and as part of that trip, they're coming to Ag in Motion and, and looking at the different crop plots and the equipment that's being offered. And it's been a great opportunity um, for us as a show team because uh, that really solidifies the number of people coming to the event. Seating is a little slower than we'd like here in, in central Saskatchewan. Have uh, any of the plots been planted yet or what's the, the game plan there? Well, on the uh, crop plot side of the show, we've increased the number of companies that are participating again and uh, some of those companies are featuring some fall planted crops and then those of course are already in the ground. There's several other companies uh, coming and third party companies coming 
this week to the show site preparing that space and they'll start seeding anytime. From your perspective now, what gets done? Uh, I probably have like a 20-page list of things uh, that need to get done. What what, what are your, your big priorities, let's say, heading for the next few weeks in a way? Well, the really exciting thing is we're working with SaskTel to bring a fiber optics cable to the show site and that will really enhance the Wi-Fi, the wireless network, the cell phone usage uh, on the site. So we should have much more uh, connectivity than we had in the first two years. Also, we're doing some other infrastructure changes. Some more uh, exhibitors are putting up permanent structures. So we're going to see the site become more and more established this year and in the future. Rob O'Connor is the show manager for Ag in Motion, which runs July 18th, 19th, and 20th near Langham. Back home. The Livestock Report on The Source, 620 CKRM. Now, the latest livestock report. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. Just under 300 cattle on offer at our Tuesday regular sale. These sales are Tuesdays only for the summer months. We're receiving cattle Mondays from 1 till 7. Looks like this cow market much the same. A lot of these really good cows. They're going to bring a dollar four right up to a dollar twelve. Then high, high yielding kind of cows. They're going to bring a dollar twelve right up to a dollar eighteen. Good bulls are much the same. Also, they're going to bring them a dollar twenty-two right up to a dollar thirty-four. Some of them high yielding bulls will bring a dollar forty on the top top end. Yearling market, not a lot of them around this week. The yearlings that were around are excelling extremely well, especially on these light grass cattle. For more market information, give Heartland Moose Jaw a call at 692-2385. This is Grant Barnett reporting. And just a reminder, sales are Tuesday only for the summer month. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is the Hams Market Commentary for Friday, May 19th. Hams sold 5,000 hogs Thursday, selling in a range of 178 to 180 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 4,500 heads, selling in a range of 178 to 180 per CKG. Hog prices for the week ending Friday, May 19th are SIG 3, 177.77, SIG 4, 178.24, SIG 5, 178.01, CASH, 176.51, Britco, 173.47, Thunder Creek 168.08 and High Life 178.05. Ham's marketing cash hog price today is up 14 cents per CKG and forward contract prices opened mixed this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar was steady with the daily exchange rate at 1.3611. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 0.7388 cents US. Since Monday, the cash price has gone up $4.24 per CKG and has gone up $33.75 per CKG since May 1st. The cash price has steadied in the last few days. Back in a moment.